sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter. Feels cool, but it's hotter than a fever. Kick back with two of your favorite divas. Let's talk, let's talk, come on. Stir it, give it something you could feel, yeah. No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah. Pour it and pull up, see, yeah, yeah. Don't you know it's high time for high tea? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Black Tea Season 2. I am one of your hosts, Lucy Stuhl. And I'm your other host, Bambi Banks Kool-Aid. Hi, everyone. Hi, y'all. Girl, I'm, you know what? I can't complain, Miss Bambi. We are back here for Season 2. Got so many great episodes lined up, and I'm just actually uh, even more excited just to be talking with you again. Oh, my God. I miss you, too, girl. Look. I've been so worried these past, uh, what has it been, 24 hours. Uh, Azalea Banks has been cooking cats. No, stop it. Stop it. She is, you know what, we're not going to continue to spread these awful rumors. Miss um, Azalea did boil her cat's bones, but it's a part of her religion. And she is transporting those sacred bones with her somewhere. So she was not cooking her cat up just to snack on. No one said she was going to eat it. I just said she was going to I just wanted to clear it up. I just wanted to clear it up before anyone came in and was like, y'all are y'all are being disrespectful of somebody else's religion or some shit. I'm like, look. Not trying to be disrespectful. My question is, is that like, well, I guess I should just Google this, to be honest. But then like, is that even like... Is that even like uh how you say um accurate to Google like these practices? Because you know, white people really accurate to it, Google. So I can't really like <laughs> um Well, see, that's why I got the information from non from non white people. Period. Well, I think that's usually what people do. People. I think that's usually what people do when they are tr- trying to let stuff decay first. She was just trying to uh, get the rest of the flesh off of the bones so that she could transport it to. Apparently, she's moving to Miami. Yeah, girl. I Honestly, I'm more so worried about this child's mental health uh, more than I mean, anything. I well, I like, think we all have been. But have we? Because I feel like it's been a key, key, key. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, she's just like, you know, she's just like eccentric. And like, that's just how she is. She's so opinionated. And I'm like, but sometimes it's kind of like the, the you know, shaming of people for no reason comes out of nowhere. And it just makes me mm-hmm. worried. Yeah, that is really weird. Like that body shaming stuff that she gets on. But I also think it's like, okay, so she, like, for me personally, she's just been, like, out of the limelight for a minute. I don't know. I don't keep up with it. I, there are some diehard, you know, stands who, like, keep up with her. But I feel like she's been, you know, laying low ever since, you know, that whole, like, scary burglary situation that happened to her. 
or oh, uh, yeah. or like someone holding a gun up to her. Like after that situation, I feel like she's been laying low, and then this all came out like all at the same time. And then she was trending. I was just like, it's a lot. It's a lot, and we need to more so worry yeah. about people's like <clears throat> relationship with the internet. <laughs> no, I mean absolutely, and especially after this like last year where everyone's just kind of been left on their own on to their own devices to just kind of try and like figure it out like no no jokes aside I'm no psychiatrist or anything but I definitely feel like that shit feels kind of like manic sometimes and she goes into those different those different states or those moments and then just gets like on one um I wish her the best though still I mean I always want to see black women fucking thriving and doing well and she's such a talented artist but God damn, Azalea. Like, she she really be trying hard to make us not like her. I tell you what. Yeah, and it's, re- it's really, I think it's really crazy that, um, or not crazy, but I think it's, like, really, um, how you say, <laughs> like, amazing that people still do support her no matter what happens, because I feel like you do need that, like, blind support as Black people sometimes to, like, you know, push through, but... Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can go over so many different times and so many different people throughout history who have been able to get away with some kind of like whack bullshit because of like them being white. So, yeah, but I feel like, I mean, (laughs) we need to talk about, I mean, like not just about Azalea. I think that it's just like, there are multiple uh, examples of this that I just like am not naming now, but just like the way that like fans do support their mm-hmm. faves it's like i don't know should should we be encouraging this and should everybody be a kiki king about it i don't know that is true that is very true no i think that uh, i think that is a very very valid thing that we should be thinking about and you know we need some fucking help with mental health in this country like period but that also starts from helping everyone else and like educating everyone else about like mental health and different ways to get better with it. And I don't know, it's, we, we got a lot of work to do and it's yet another problem that um, we actually need to get to the root of to actually make any difference in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, welcome to the black tea, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. I was like, well, Okay. We just we just divered right on into there. Y'all thought we was about to jump on here and start talking about Drag Race or some shit, don't you? Girl, I mean, I could, but also I can't. I don't know. Like, like I feel well, like I mean, people. I mean, I feel like people don't understand how much Drag Race is like embedded in like drag culture right now i mean I, I, obviously they do like that's why they're listening to this podcast let's not get let's not get it confused but yeah um, <laughs> but it's like i feel like everybody's always like oh my god like i want my faves opinion on drag race and it's like you don't really need my opinion to form your own opinion you know what i'm saying yeah no basically i'd be trying to keep my opinion to myself about drag race <laughs> <laughs> Because some of them y'all don't want to hear. And also, like, can we just have some peace in 2021? I'm tired of people thinking that I'm trying to beef with them and all kind of other shit. Like, let me just sit my ass down and y'all can talk. Y'all can talk shit or something. 
that's also another thing. It's like anytime some you say anything, it's like whether it's you know against or for, it doesn't matter. You like somehow end up in some beef with somebody that you don't have beef with, and like I feel like there's not not that I've ever been in that position, but knowing people that have been in that position, you know everything is like magnified and stressful already. So I just be like feeling mm-hmm. for the girls. I'm like, girl, you did a TV show. Congratulations. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, honestly, no, I feel that. And it's something that I even had to look at and like check myself with too, just because like, yeah, you can have whatever opinion, but I also can like have that opinion with you on the phone or in a text message. I don't need to be on nobody's internet, you know, harassing these girls who are trying their fucking hardest, even if some of them are assholes, trying their fucking hardest to do this shit and do it fucking well. So I'm trying to ease off of everybody else's neck, and I just want everybody else to fucking ease off of mine. God damn. Girl, hug somebody. Hug somebody. <laughs> Who the hell I'm going to hug, Bambi? You don't even hang out with me, so I can't even hug you. Look. Look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm stressed. Now I got to take a hit of weed at the beginning of the show. You know, we usually save this for later, but now I got to have one now. Child. Just to make sure. Just to make sure I'm in a good mood for when we bring these uh these beautiful guests we got in today. Oh, I think you're gonna be in a good mood. It's gonna be a good kiki today. I feel it. I feel the juju's. I'm sending good vibes. You feel the good vibes? Oh, I, I I felt the good vibes from the beginning. To be quite honest, um, another one of our producers uh, on the show here, Miss Caramel, had talked about making a music uh, episode happen, and I'm so excited that we get to do it with these two like badass fucking Chicago, like just the epitome of like Chicago rappers to me, even though there's like some influences from other places, you know, and they might've come from somewhere else. Like they just speak to Chicago so much to me. And there's so much of what I think about when I think about Chicago rap. And I also just want to like talk with them about being queer people in rap and fucking navigating that shit. And, you know, just being a badass black Chicago. Hell Yeah. Should we? Hell yeah, yeah, Bambi. Did you take a hit too, or you just left me too? I want you to be a little high too. Oh, oh, child. Okay, look, hear me out. I, if you couldn't tell, if you couldn't tell beforehand, I have been high all day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't like. I'm like halfway to Mars, so I just like I don't want to lose you yet. Okay, no, you know what? I appreciate you knowing that, knowing your uh, and <laughs> what you need to stick to. Like, I feel like you forgot the uh, mental health lesson we just gave. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a cry for help. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what you say out the fucking window? Let's go. Okay. <laughs> So I guess we should go ahead and bring our first guest in. I have known this uh, beautiful gentleman for years here in the city of Chicago. Um, Crazy that we both fucking still look as young and beautiful as we did when we met all those years ago. Um, Has some amazing fucking music that y'all all all should know about. And y'all are about to know a whole lot more about. So let's give it up for our first guest, Roy Kinsey. Yes, Roy. Welcome. Good. How you doing, baby? So glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm doing well. Y'all, y'all green room is lit. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> yes, we try to make it comfortable for everybody so everybody can kick their feet up and relax. Oh my God, luxury. Luxury. So Roy, um, in case some people that are listening to this today are new to Roy Kinsey, can you tell us a little bit about you? Definitely. Um, yeah, of course, my name is Roy Kinsey. I uh, am Chicago born and raised. Um, I put out my sixth project this year, or last year, February 20th, 2020, called Kinsey, a memoir, uh, right before the, the shutdown. And um, I'm a rapper, librarian from this city. Uh, I kept those apart for a really, really long time until I realized that me being and growing up in libraries actually had been informing my uh, rap career supporting uh, yeah. my rap career this entire time and um sometimes the universe kind of knows your past a little bit better than you do so mm-hmm. when I, when I got uh you know hip to it and i'm like oh shit i was late but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's just you know me off the off the top Hell yes. So born and raised Chicago. And like, y'all, I say this a million times over, like Chicago is like my city and I love Chicagoans. There's something so special about somebody who was like born and raised in this magical fucking city. What what hood were you raised in, Roy? Chicago loves you too. Um, I was born on the, uh, I was, I was born on the West side um, of Chicago, not too far uh, from Austin is where I grew up. Um, oh Yeah. I went to, you know, really cute schools in Chicago. So I went to school um, on the West Side, John M. Smith. I went to um, a magnet school in Lincoln Park. I went to Lane Tech on... Um, Hell yes, Lane Tech. Madison. I went to DePaul in Lincoln Park uh, and then Dominican. Come on, DePaul. So, um, you know, I, I've been around, been around the city in all the different neighborhoods. And, and I think this is a really special place to uh grow up yeah absolutely it is and like i always just the like the resources and like the things that like have at your hand here in chicago um you can't find that like like a lot of other places and i think that's what makes like the people from here like so dynamic and just also the fact that like you said you've been to schools like all over this city like you're not to one neighborhood you're like literally are the city of chicago and i feel like um kinsey like your album like touches on a lot of that and i want to know more about like creating that and also just like creating an album in like quarantine what was that like Mm -hmm. well I wasn't, you know, I was done with it. I was done with the album by the time quarantine came out. I was ready. Okay. To go, I was ready to go on tour. Um, I was ready to to put it in front of people and 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 work the show out in front of people like I had done with Blackie in 2018. Uh, yeah. That happened. So I did get a moment where I felt like, uh, you know, Prince called me to First Avenue in Minnesota, and I did do a um, did do a uh sold out show with Dessa, which is really interesting. Oh, hell yeah. Did you not? She literally just texted me five minutes ago. Um, but <laughs> she asked me to come to to uh to Minnesota and 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 that was the first show that I was able to the first and last show that I was able to perform. Um but it was in Prince's hometown and his home club where you know, Purple Rain was filmed. And if anybody has been following my trajectory and following my story, they know that 
you know, my parents met at a library. Their first date was Purple Rain. Oh. And so I dropped this album, which is, which is, you know, if you've watched Purple Rain and you've listened to Kenzie, you can see that they, you know, influenced uh, or that I, that I was influenced by Purple Rain. And so you see yeah. Fred having this, this, this time with his father, um, I was having uh, a time with my father as well, who lives in Minnesota and has lived in Minnesota for the last 30 years. Damn. And, uh, my dad, well, you know, so my, so I come to this sold out show in, in Minnesota, Prince's club. My dad is in the back of the club. You know what I mean? Seeing his, seeing his son be yeah. this gay rapper. Um, it was just such a full circle moment. And that's just, you know, that's just that part. But in, in the creating of the album, obviously before February 20th, 2020, um, I wanted to follow Kenzie up and I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to follow Blackie up. Yeah. I think that the only way that I could have done that was going deeper and going more personal into my uh, personal history. And I really did want to unpack some of the memories that I had growing up black and queer uh, in a space like Chicago um, with a backdrop, uh, backdrop like Boys Town, with the backdrop uh, of the hip hop culture and just, um, you know, being young, black and queer in America and, and, and kind of what that meant. And I wanted to kind of document my my coming of age. Oh, I fucking love that. And like, honestly, I hear that through like this project so much. And to be honest, like when I used to listen to Blackie, like I, I, I was like, what do you do like after that? Because Blackie is like the shit. It's like, and it's, you touch on so much and go into so deep to so many things, like for anyone who's like listening to that, that I was like, how, how does an artist like take a next step from that? And Kenzie fucking does that. Like, that's so, that's so dope to me. That's so beautiful. And I think that, you know, that librarian background, like you said, does really bring a lot to that because you are a true lyricist. Like you get down with those fucking words. Thank you, baby. I mean, what I really needed to do um, with Blackie and Kenzie, I, I look at I looked at Blackie, right? Like Blackie was a was an offering to my grandmother who passed away in 2016. And I was thinking about and I'm and I'm still in this space now because I'm trying to um, develop curriculum after Blackie as well as Kenzie. But I'm thinking about all of the things that I was doing and I'm thinking about Blackie being um, the first piece on uh, a family tree that I'm trying to build with my discography is something that I started calling audio genealogy. And, and I wanted, and so if Blackie is represented by my grandmother, then the way to follow that would be like following the, the lives of my parents as well as myself. And that's why it got so deep um, and such a personal story, but there will be more discography and, and, uh, and and it's really interesting for me to kind of um, step into the lives of the people in my family. It's very interesting that, like, for the last four years, I've kind of had this um, career where I'm where I get to like rap about my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm like rapping about my family, my aunties, my mom, my dad, my grandma. Um, but it's an American tale. And I think that even though it's personal, so many people can plug their personal histories into it. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like so many of those stories like correlate and so many of us are so familiar with a lot of the struggle and uh, just everything that like you talk about and you rap about in those on those albums. Like, uh, I could just go on fucking about it forever. I'm a big <laughs> Roy Kinsey fan, y'all. I am a motherfucking fan. Uh, besides just like, you know, working with them and also him just being so fucking fine. Like, how can you not celebrate this like black art that's happening like right around you? Like, it's so fucking cool. Um one of the coolest things I remember too is like, didn't you get to do a show at the Apple store? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so last year I did. So uh, in 2019, I believe it was black history month and I took the blackie show um, there. And then when Kenzie came out, I also performed Kenzie there uh, last year. So I guess I did two, two in-person shows uh, last year. Oh, I just love that too. Like up in the Apple Store, representing. Like, what's up? You can find the this on Apple screen, Music. The big screen on Michigan Avenue, honey. Oh, y'all hear that? That is so fucking dope. Like, just to know that people were fucking coming by and seeing that happen. I'm like, Chicago magic. That's what we're fucking talking about. Yeah. Um, Miss Bambi, you you over there? Yeah, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just be chatting and I be just be getting into it. Girl, Miss, Miss look, I be getting into y'all conversation. I said, oh, let me sit. They, they know each other. Okay. <laughs> right. Baby said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna sit back and kick on it a little bit. So, Roy, can we talk a little bit about we we said this, the the backdrop of like Boys Town. Um, having like Boys Town be like our supposed like Chicago queer mecca. What was it like being um, a black queer kid growing up in this city and having that as like your you're supposed to be like spot? It was interesting because it because it it changed right in front of my eyes. And I remember I remember my different stages and and when the when all of my feelings really began to change, um, I remember being really, really young or probably like around 15 just getting my car right and so i get my my i finally get my license i get my car and obviously could not wait to drive up and down uh halstead and <laughs> it was just like for some reason you know what i mean like that was just the thing to do my dumb ass parked one day uh at the 7-eleven and 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 thought i was gonna do my little stroll you know i came back and it was a boot on <laughs> Oh, I had to pay, you know what I mean? So it was. I have a huge, huge uh, history there. But I remember being 16, my adolescence, really, really wanting to be there. I remember being 21 and being on the DePaul campus, which is not very far, and yeah. wanting to get there. You know, couldn't wait until I turned 21. I think I had a fake ID that got taken at Roscoe's before that. <laughs> <laughs> turned 21, um, and. I remember uh, not being out. So I, I was going out by myself and having these just like long nights and not sure what was going in, going on in my mind, but obviously trying to get chose or no. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was dressing, dressing up, wearing ties and shit. And the <laughs> thing that changed everything, right, was I took a class at DePaul called Sex in the City. And um, the professor uh, had so much information, knowledge, experience, and language about what I was experiencing, right? Which was like, he was like, you know, as, as 
inclusive as Boys Town things, um, this is still an exclusive place. This is a place that is carved out by rich white men. This is a place for, you know, and run by rich, rich white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, like, I just never really honestly felt myself there. And that was just one of the, re- you know, that was just one of the reasons I just, I felt like I was trying to fit into a thing that I would never actually fit into. And once I realized that, then it made my, 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 my time a little bit um, easier. But I also remember trying to find an apartment over there and I was driving down the street with my sister. We made a, we driving up Broadway. I had an appointment with, with, with somebody and uh, this Asian guy uh, sees us driving down the street and was just like, Go back to the South Side, you fucking nigger. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, like, are you serious? Like, it was like the last thing that I kind of, it was the last thing I expected. And then my sister didn't make it no better, right? Because she in the, she in the passenger side with me and she yells out the window, you faggot. And I'm just like, (laughs) and I'm like, girls, like. This is a lot, right? So it's really yeah. on all sides. And my sister ain't even really, my sister is not like that, not homophobic at all. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but, but was that, you know, just, you know, you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. Right. And yeah. so it was kind of one of those things, but I'm caught dead in the middle and not really understanding exactly what is happening. So I seen my you know like you you start out with this idea of boys town being like disney world right bubble and all that and then it kind of deteriorates in front of your eyes and of course you know because we met at berlin when i was the um when i was doing security there and working the door and um and i worked there for exactly a year but i think that even that was information for me i had always wanted to work in a bar work in a work in a gay bar especially but when I even understood the dynamics of my my black body being used for security, mm-hmm. um, that was something else, right? So as much as I love all of those spaces, uh, I think I just really kind of grew up into understanding what my black body meant um, in that space. And I know that may not be everybody's um, experience, but but it was mine. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is like, yeah, like you said, it may not be everybody's experience, but it was yours. It's mine. It's it's Bambi's like so many of us have had that. And I think that for so long, for so many of us, it feels like nobody has listened to those fucking stories. And this is like maybe the first time that they actually are like they actually are like fucking hearing us about this. And one of the things that I've been struggling with is that there's been so many people that have kind of looked at and been like, well, you know, you worked in this situation, you know, or you were around this person or, you know, you you sat with this for so long. Like, you know, how could you like let this happen? Well, I feel like there were so many moments where I was in it that I was telling myself that it wasn't even like that big of a problem. Mm-hmm. And you have so many other people standing around you that are getting the same shit tossed at them that are like, oh, you know, it's it's not the worst. It's not the worst we could be dealing with. And you like sit back and look at it and find out like, fuck, this is fucked up. And I've just been sitting uh, sitting here like taking this shit for like no reason. So it's, it's really being blinded by capitalism a lot of the time. I think that a lot of. Oh, yes. 
I think a lot of us like push to like, you know, run our bag up and like make as much money as we can. And, you know, just like that was really like the focus. And after like, you know, when no bags being handed out no more, it was time to, you know, reflect. That's such a good way to put it. With no bags being handed out no more. We were like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a fucking second. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just always love hearing that too from someone who's like been in the city and like been able to like live so many different lives through like this, that neighborhood and stuff and just see the kind of shit that like we have seen, like you cannot be a part of this community for that long and not have seen just like every fucking thing that like mm-hmm. goes on in here. And yeah, you've seen it from every side from like working in the bars and like being on this side and stuff like that too. But oh, here's to hoping that we actually fucking did the damn thing and got it started last year. And when we go back to this, we don't have to deal with, the same bullshit that we've all been dealing with for so long. Cause I literally, uh, I'm done with it. I'm over it. I'm fucking yeah. over it. I, yeah, can't, I can't do that. Ever. Absolutely. I think, that, I think that you've done so much work. I think that I've done so much work. And I think that all, you know, all of the voices that came together last year and all the bodies that came together last year um, really made uh, a real statement. And I'm hoping that, you know, we don't just kind of fall back into um, business as usual, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And that's um, definitely been something that, like, has been on, been pressing on my mind for a while that I was just like, you cannot forget about this and you can't revert back and you can't take a step back from this work. We're only fucking pushing forward from here. We are only pushing forward because we're trying to make sure that all the people that come after us don't have to deal with as much as that bullshit. Because, like, let's be honest, they still don't have to deal with it. But, like, hopefully not as much. And hopefully they have people like us and the people that will come after us to, you know, be there and actually keep pushing this fucking progression forward. Because I don't want to see this shit slip. Like, honestly, like, fuck that. I want to see more Roy Kinsey fucking all over the Halstead Strip. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see that music fucking pumping from all the fucking speakers because it's Chicago. And, like, it's, like, wild to me to, like, not hear and not see more, like, especially, like, queer people, like, talking about these amazing fucking artists we have right here in our own city. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, a, a, a person told me, a family friend told me a long time ago, when I was in high school, actually, he said, you are going to have to leave Chicago. No man is a prophet in his own town. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's always been some words that kind of stuck with me. But I also get, you know, I, 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 don't, even quest- I don't even question that because I'm not surprised by it. I'm not surprised that, I'm not surprised about that part. Um, but I also do get a lot of love in Chicago. Yeah. I wish it was more. I wish it was more from. I, I wish it was more from you know our community. I wish it was more from you know. I wish even more queers fucked with me and and even more people fucked with me. But um, but I I really do kind of just only count the love honestly. Yes. Yes. And like you you know what you've always been one of those people. Like honestly, I I I. 
I never seen no negative shit out of Roy Kinsey. Like <laughs> that's like, and that's another one of the things that like I love about you is like I never seen some negative shit out of you. And like you have all the fucking reason to be able, you know, to be negative or want to say something nasty or mean. But like you always lead with positivity. And like you do too. But I mean, I just feel it's enough. It's that job is done. That box is checked. I just <laughs> want to be that person. You know? Yeah. Like, there's enough people doing it, right? I'd, 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 I'd honestly rather just be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking say. I'm like, same. Y'all don't need any help with that. We don't. You know, the devil don't need no advocate. Okay, yeah. everybody. <laughs> he don't need no more of that. So you know what? I am going to go ahead and bring our second guest. You know what? I'm gonna have Bammy bring our second guest into the show. Well, so our second guest of today is, you know, she is a legend across the strip. You know, she used to run the strip before I, you know, before I got there. You know, she was that girl. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she she honestly still runs the strip you know i always have to call my girl out when we have a, a spot a, you know a live show spot please give it up for miss casey ortiz yes hey y'all can you hear me yes yeah. baby we can hear you hey y'all how you doing casey hey casey i'm doing good hey roy i'm just chilling Listening to y'all um, preach. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we was out here going at it for a minute. And I'm like, hell yeah. I love getting us in a room together. Like these conversations, that's that shit that needs to be heard. Just like Miss Casey fucking Ortiz needs to be heard. Like, come yeah. on, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Casey, uh, for the people who don't know who you are, I don't know who wouldn't know who you are. But for the people who don't know who you are, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, I'm a rapper. I'm from Mobile, Alabama originally, but I live in Chicago now. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I'm a jack of all trades. <laughs> Hell yes, you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are. I mean, one of the things I was just looking at today, like Casey, didn't you have two albums that came out last year? Yes. That is wild and is that is that also like stuff that you were working on before the pandemic or was this a lot of work that you were doing from home um i did most of it before the pandemic i love music so much like if you put a beat on i can make up a song and i feel like that comes from my grandma because she was always making up songs about everything like that's how she had us remembering scriptures where she made them into songs so I'm uh-huh. always making music, and then I just had a friend who was like, you need to put something out, you know? And I started going through my catalog, and I started putting stuff together, and it just kind of all fell in place. Yeah. And I love that about you, too. Like, Casey's not lying. Like, you put on a beat, and she's about to fucking hop on it. Like, and she's about to fucking ride that shit. She's about to murder it, too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, she's about to ride that shit. Let me tell you. I also just, like, love watching her perform, too. I love when beautiful people fucking get up there and just be fucking talented as hell. And Casey's beautiful ass would get up there on that stage and start spitting. I just be, like, standing there just staring at her, smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It's and like one of my famous plug. Go shame our go go stream our track UGQ. Yes, hell yeah. yes. Yeah. Wait a second. I'm gonna have to. I need to stream that track too because oh, wait a second. That, that shit hot. It's me, 
Casey and Vixen. We killed that shit. Oh my what? god. I need to listen to this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. How did I how did I miss that? That is yep, that's a save song. I'm gonna have to go and jam to that one later. Like that's like three of Chicago's fucking hottest coming together. So Miss <laughs> Casey, you said you moved when did you move here to Chicago? Um, I moved it here in 2007 from South Dakota, from Sioux from Falls, South, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Girl, what was going on in South Dakota? Um, my friend, um, Velicity, Velicity Metropolis, she lived there. <laughs> yeah, I, know I her. lived there with her, and then when she moved here, I moved here with her. So that's how I ended up in Chicago. No way! That is so crazy. I know Velicity too. Yes, <laughs> we've been friends forever. Oh my god, I love that. She's she's always been a good one too. I can absolutely fucking see that. I love her. What yeah, she's always what? had my back. <laughs> so, like, how long have you been rapping too? Um, I started. I want to say in 2011, and it took you know it took a long time to even get people to take me serious. <laughs> Like really, like like, just hearing you, I'm like, how could they deny you? It's a climb. Like also, what Roy said about like no profit is good in their own town. You Mm -hmm. have no idea how much I think that. But yeah, yeah, I started in like 2011, I think. Oh my god! So ten years, damn. Ten yeah. years, and like looking at this discography too, I'm just like Miss KC. Be like, I'm ready. I'm I'm about to put all the songs out, and I'm ready to fucking like go for it. This church tape album, um, that was one one of the ones that I've like listened to a lot too. What is? Tell me kind of like the background of that album and how that came together. Um, I I I named it church tapes because we were all me and my grandma always listened to like church tapes from the service she would buy them and my grandma is like as far as my music I feel like a lot of my music come from her and I just wanted to like pay tribute to her with that because I don't know I feel like she wasn't forcing me to sing in the choir and all this stuff like my love of music wouldn't be so 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 heavy. Mm. Yeah, and I I fucking hear that in the music so much, and I also love this like inspiration that so many of us like get from our grandmothers, like true like fucking guiding lights in our life and like my grandmother is the reason why like literally I'm the person I am today because she was one of the few people in my life that like encouraged me like being myself and like encouraged like the art and stuff that I do um did your grandmother like encourage you with music like that also um yeah like when I was in the choir growing up they used to make me do everything and I used to hate it so much because I just wanted to be like the regular kids and my grandma would be like god pick you to do something special and if you don't go out there and do it he gonna take it and, you know, like, they always made me They always made me in the front. They they made me do everything, and I used to hate it. But, like, as an adult, I pull so much of that into my music now. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, that one to be, like, the re- you know, like, when I was a kid and the rest of the kids was outside playing and my grandma was making me learn songs and stuff. That's real life for real because even now as an adult, I feel like that everyone is 
outside playing, having a good time, and I got to stand inside and learn songs. But when we get to that big stage, them people, they was just playing the whole time. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we just got to suffer and get through it now and the payoff for us to be later. Hell yes. Hell fucking yes. Putting in that work early. It takes that one role model just to teach you that discipline on how to like, you know, because, you know, I, I was t- uh, talking to someone today and I was explaining to them how I think uh, having drive is not something that is in everyone, but it only uh, really harvests itself in like true artists because you have to like be your own cheerleader like most of the time. That is so true. And, and something Roy said earlier, like, I feel that pain when when you work hard on music and and you put in all this this um this this hard work and you feel like everyone's sleeping on you and you feel like un- unappreciated but that's when you that's to me that's when you find out who wants this shit the most because when I started I could name so many rappers around Chicago and other places who were popping but they gave up. And yeah. when I feel like the process is when you find out how bad you want it. Because everybody want to be a rapper, but is everyone going to do all that fucking hard work to like, when when ain't nobody <laughs> clapping for real? Because you look at these rap videos yeah. and you think, oh, like I'm going to put out one hot song and my shit going to blow up. And that's what I thought. I was like, oh, I'm going to put out one song and it's over for everybody. And like a hundred But you have you've like kept working through it and it's only made you better. It's only made your work better and it's only made like more people that should be listening to you, like listen to you and like now check for you and be looking for you around the city. I also wanted to talk about um, how like the your rap life and the activism that you do uh, that you do like how they intersect because we did a prep commercial together too but like that's only a, a little bit of the stuff you do for the community here in Chicago can you talk about that a little bit um I just try to like ugh, I try to like pass on kind of like what I've learned like I've worked worked also, like, working in the LGBT community outside of the nightlife is very mm-hmm. eye-opening because, for me, it I had to be humbled a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and working in my job humbled me a lot as far as looking at people as, like, people and not trying to, like, compete with everybody and, and not trying to, like, outdo and especially, like, in the trans community, like when I first started transitioning, a lot of girls that I would be around, it was like a contest. So that kind of yeah. got in my blood where, oh, bitch, I'm going to, like, I'm going to slay these hoes tonight. And yeah, I still want to <laughs> slay, but I don't want to be spiteful <laughs> about it. And just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just dealing with like a lot of like young trans girls who, who are dealing with now what I had to go through is it's very humbling. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I always think of that quote from uh, Paris is burning. Like, we're not going to be shady, just fierce. Like, and that's, and that's really like where I'm trying to come from. Like at this point now is that like, I don't have to be a detractor to you or try and make you feel less than for me to fucking shine and for me to be like at my best. If anything, I want you to be fucking winning too. So I know that I am really killing the game because I'm standing up here with the baddest bitches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, it took me just getting kicked down in the mud to get that attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I I that's one of the things that like I sometimes can hate about like our community is that sometimes <laughs> before they try to extend like a love and an olive branch, they're like, We gotta beat you up first. Like we gotta put you through it and make sure that like you you really here and committed to this before we can give you that love back. It's just the trauma we went through in our childhood. <laughs> when That's i was real. in drug like through boys town and all that shit i'm just so glad it was no social media back then so like i went through all of that shit <laughs> there's no yeah and it's like you know so many of the girls so many of the girls will like look at you and look at like some of the other girls and be like they're perfect they're beautiful they're doing their own thing everyone loves them like they never had to go through that and i'm like oh if only y'all knew (laughs) like if only y'all knew i i even just getting a a gig like before i was rapping i was doing drag and to even get a gig was like Something you said earlier, um, you were saying how, like, when people were like, well, you said that when it happened. But back then, it was like, shut up. uh, You ain't going to get booked. Shut up. You ain't going to get paid. Shut up. You ain't going to eat. You know what I mean? Yep. 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 And, like, I'm telling y'all, listen to this. Like, I I know there are still problems with our drag community and this is LGBT community, period. But if y'all knew some of the shit that, like, was looked at as commonplace, like, 10 years ago, not even 10, five years ago, like, y'all would be fucking mortified. And it was was shit that we would just, like, you know, turn our fucking heads to. That Oh, that's just what you got to deal with. That's just just what you got to deal with. Shut up and get out. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, fuck that shit. Yeah, Cause I'm, so I'm over that. Y'all are. And like, we all over I that. was watching all of that stuff. I felt joy for all the years I couldn't say anything. <laughs> yes. Yes. And see, that was another reason that it was so important for everyone to use their voice. I mean, period. But especially in that moment, because I'm like, y'all don't know how many other people are looking at this. How many other people have been have been quieted how many other people are still being quiet you know because you know someone told them once that that's what they had to fucking do like no more no fucking more of that and to be honest and a lot of people don't even know this because i don't think she said it that much but bambi was the one who fucking put that letter together that kind of helped really start everything damn oh my god you just gonna she did both me like that Well, everyone signed it, girl. I'm just saying that, like, (laughs) you were the one that, like, made that happen. But, yeah, Bambi uh, was an integral reason that that happened. But it was just everyone's voice actually coming together, being unified, and, uh, yeah, coming together on this front and making that shit happen. So let's hope we can continue to do that. And, like, I also told Roy earlier, like, I am ready to see uh, North Halstead where, like, Casey Ortiz is at the forefront and, like everywhere like i need to see miss kcrt's um 
performing live at Roscoe's. I need to see her at Sidetrack. I need I need to see her hanging from the ceiling at like Hydrate, like fucking shining under the lights. Like I need to see all of it. Though, like last year, not last year, obviously in 2020, but in 2019, she was booked for Pride in the Park. And they and and they put the whole thing together. Now you know, like Blackie is hot. I'm like running through Chicago, get, you know, being asked to perform at a bunch of places, and I wasn't wasn't asked to perform there, and I felt some kind of way. And uh, yeah, and Casey <laughs> asked me to come and do a song that we had together, and I was only on that stage for all of thirty seconds, but it meant the world to me that even though I wasn't. Um, asked to be there by the people that put it together, you know, God made a way and Casey asked me to come be a part of her set. And I was on that stage in Grant Park, you know, performing and it just, it it meant a lot. So I know I thanked you that day and I'm going to continue to thank you because that was a really big, uh, big deal for me. Thank you for showing up, you know, and it's just like, we sometimes we have to just invade the space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's yep. yeah that's so fuck- that's so fucking real and like i always uh back in the day like when me and i vixen started before me so like we didn't start together but when we came together there was this moment where we like literally joined hands and i like looked at her and was like everywhere yeah. i go i'm taking you with me and that's how I feel about so many of my people and just like my community in general is like, even if this, uh, this offer may not have been extended to you, I'm bringing my girlfriends with me however I fucking can. Like, you know, I'm bringing the family through to like help me like push this door, not open, but fucking down. Like, so that we can all get through the fucking door, you know, and a lot of the times it really requires us to do things like that, you know, because some people might be so, focused on you know just this one thing that they're not taking into account you just how dynamic or just how much talent you know or, or especially just how much like black queer talent like actually is like right here in front of their eyes so like that's fucking dope as hell and of course like black women here yeah. doing the work making it happen shit <laughs> like making that fucking shit happen how was that experience too casey it was good like i was i was on cloud nine because Honestly, you know, when I got booked, I thought I was going to be, like, at, like, 9 a.m. or some shit. <laughs> but <laughs> when they had me right before the, like, main act, I was like, okay, I feel I feel right at home, you know. But one, one thing, like, when you said that you want to see a world where, like, I'm up and down Halstead and all that, oh, trust and believe that's going to be there. But if I... If I'm going to still be on Halstead to watch it, that's going to be a whole nother thing. Because you know, <laughs> like like this like this quote said, by the time they realize your value, they're going to have to book you. Yep. Hell yes. Hell fucking yes. I understand that, boo. And I am standing right here with you in that shit. I ain't. I ain't gonna name nobody, but yeah, there's a few people that if something happened and they try to come up to me, I'll be like, "Oh, y'all, y'all paying the full fee?" Because uh, <laughs> I'm not even fucking with y'all like that. Because y'all had all the time in the world to have my fucking back, and y'all ain't said shit to me in ten years. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, I used to think like, oh, is that like me being petty? And I was like, no, that's not fucking petty. That's fucking real. Like, that's real fucking shit that happened. It's not like it drops out of the sky. It's not like it came out of nowhere. And to be honest, a lot of these institutions, a lot of these places actually could have used their resources to propel us. But then we hit the ground and we really did this shit and we put the work in. And now you want to, you know, come and be like, oh, you know, can I get the discount? Can I get the no? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. I'm working. <laughs> you know, you you whatever. Like, and not to sound bitter, I because I think that it that it that it grows every artist. Every artist should do that work. Every artist should put that in. Right, put that yep. that real time in to uh, become a professional. But when you become a professional, you realize like. I'm not, this isn't a hobby anymore. I actually invest in this and, and I'm trying to figure out why you think this isn't a service that you have to pay for. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That shit is so fucking real. Like I just, I, I, I don't get it. That, that disconnect for me just has never made sense. I'm like, now y'all, I, I that makes no fucking sense to me but it's gonna have to make some fucking sense to them real soon because i'm telling you i'm only speaking dollars and cents after this we got someone to look at like i like shay for example i knew shay before drag race and now i see how everyone is up her butt now you know but shay has been here all this time where yep. will y'all support then yep Yep. It's that's a, that's another one that I'm like, we really could go in, go into it with that conversation because before my girl left to fucking go film, she had that show at hydrate. And that was about the only people that was like really fucking with her because she had that racist ass shit that happened at Berlin with that bitch who will not be named. And like, yeah, just like, even though the community knew that was one of the baddest bitches in the fucking game, they were not putting the support behind her that they were these other girls that wasn't even performing. So, like, looking back at that shit, I'm just like, that's so fucking wild. And now y'all yeah. want to put pictures up and, and shit. Y'all can get on, on any show of pop off. Everybody know you. Yeah. And it's like, not like my ass ain't been working this whole fucking strip for ten years, but now you know me. <laughs> Like, well, you know what? We're not standing for that shit. And we out here creating stuff in our own fucking way. And another thing that y'all have also been doing is forging your own fucking path and doing it authentically as yourselves. You have never had to fucking change your shit. You have been authentically fucking Casey and Roy. And like, I celebrate that in the both of you so much. I love y'all so much. Oh, so much. I can't wait to give you a big old hug. Oh, fucking same, y'all. This has been so hard. I need my people around me. And, like, as soon as it's possible, we're going to make the biggest fucking things happen. It's going to be a fucking party. And Casey and Roy are going to be on stage. Y'all need to check them out immediately. I'm going to let them actually drop some info on how you can find them and support them really quickly. Um, Let's start with Casey. How can we find and support you? And where can we get your music at? Um, I'm on all streaming platforms. Casey Ortiz. That's K. Just the letters and then Ortiz. And you can find me on social media under the same. I prefer Instagram because I'm not that good at Twitter. Yeah. It's okay, Casey. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through that one a little bit because you're gonna like that one a whole lot more. It's it gets okay. dirty and it's fun there. 
<laughs> I'll teach you the ways of that one. So y'all go ahead and check out her music, please. Um, check out Die Young, which like literally, oh my God, that came out in like September too, and the campground. Oh my God, hell yes. And Roy, how can we find and support you, our rapping librarian? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram, IG, uh, at R-O-Y underscore K-I-N-S-E-Y. I'm on Twitter as well, at Roy Kinsey. Um, and you can purchase my album. I have a very beautiful purple vinyl. The memoir is on vinyl. It's, <gasps> it's Prince Purple, obviously. And uh, it's on my website at oh. RoyKinsey.com. You can also buy the Blackie vinyl at RoyKinsey.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm on social media. I'm really, really praying that I get to do some live shows and really be with the people this year. I'm, I'm, I'm planning for June. I know the pandemic has its own plan, but for some reason, I'm really <laughs> just thinking like June's going to be the month. It's going to happen. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping to, to, to get outside. I'm also your local fucking librarian. So you can come to the, where you get a library card. Yes. We can have some book discussions. Um, I'm I'm discussing a book at the end of the month um, called Swimming in the Dark, um, which is a really, really Ooh. beautiful book set in communist Poland about these two um, two two teenage boys. It's a coming coming of age story, but they are on different sides of um, the political divide and they're trying to you know make their love Ooh. work so people are calling it like you know if 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 call me by your name was based in poland in a book <laughs> it, would, it would be that and it's really 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 a beautiful read but i'm i'm reading a, a bunch of other books another one um is the prophets by robert jones jr about um two men uh who found love on a plantation and they are moving through Ooh. the dynamics of of antebellum south and so um oh my god I read with to, me yeah, too. You yeah I will, i'd love for you to uh um be a part of this book discussion oh i would absolutely love that hell yes thank you so much roy came on here dropping the knowledge in every fucking way with us see like come <laughs> on black people are the fucking best look at this <laughs> look at this fucking magic that's happening here i love you too both so fucking much thank you again for being here i'm so glad that here we are standing in 2021 with some beautiful things on the horizon and you manifested that june date so you know what i'm gonna stand here and manifest it with you so let's let's try and make that june day happen i'm putting i'm putting that good juju out there into the universe on the new moon happy new moon today oh, oh yes oh, happy new moon. yes see I, I knew it see the power witches are here <laughs> They really are. <laughs> like the powers have come together. Thank you again so much for joining us, y'all. Love you. you so much. Bye. That was one hell of an episode, wasn't it, Miss Bay? Girl, I'm so sorry I spoke so much during this episode. It was crazy. Like, I couldn't get a word in it. I was like, God damn. I apologize for all the talking that I did, guys. I'm so sorry. This is my show, Bambi, with you as the guest host, okay? You're right. You're right. I know my place. And, uh... <laughs> Speaking, speaking of knowing my place, do we want to smoke a ball real quick? Or... Yeah, girl, if we don't smoke this weed real quick, I need me some of that. I just actually got some new weed today, too. Oh, period. What kind? 
Um, so this strain is called Rude Boy OG, and it's boy with an I. So Come I really on, like it. boy, can you get it up? Apparently, oh, this boy. is a Chicago Southside favorite favorite strain, and was actually cultivated there. I'm sickening. Come on, keeping it, uh, keeping it local, keeping it. I love supporting black businesses, which I assume is black. Uh, what? Yeah. Well, uh, no, this is from Dispensary Thirty Three, but let's hope that uh, the black people they got it from. Have, I hope uh, that they pay more black people. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. us. They That'd can start. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they can start <laughs> with us here at the Black Tea because we love to smoke weed. And speaking of that, Bambi, don't we have a weed fund or something like that? Girl, yes, we do. And if any of these listeners are so generous to send us money to the weed fund because you know you got to keep your girls high 24-7, please send <laughs> money to our cash app at the Black Tea. That's dollar sign T-H-E-B-L-A-Q-U-E-T-E-A. Yes, doll. Please send it there. Send it there, you know, because like some people drink champagne and we like smoke weed. And like we're putting together this amazing show for you. We have these producers that are working their ass off. And sometimes we do like to eat. So it'd be it'd be it'd be cute if y'all could y'all could help help the girls out a little bit. Just help the girls out a little bit. Girl. Okay, so what was really crazy about today's conversation is how I've learned that, you know, the the black struggle never changes you nope. know and it's nope. really it's really crazy to me that so many people have been through this and yet people still like <laughs> think that we are trying to like get over on them or this there's this like sinister like plan that we have when yeah, we're just asking I mean, for equality <laughs> yeah that's it that's 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 what's so wild to me is that i'm like asking we, to be respected that's it literally asking for equality and to have some fucking rights and to not be like killed for the color of our fucking skin and it's a fucking tale as old as time. And it's like told over and over and over again in so many different fucking ways. And like I was saying, it's like, how can we, how can we in our time make sure that, that we help in putting a fucking stop to this some fucking how? Like some fucking how. So to that, I'm about to go ahead and smirk this uh, rude boy OG. About to smack a bear. Ooh, that tastes delicious. That tastes delicious. Y'all can't see it, but Toto smoke it too. Oh wow, that tastes great. Good morning. Mm, that tastes great. Oh Damn. my god, guys, Toto's bong is so cute. It's so cute. I want it. I want it so bad. I've been thinking about getting a bong recently. I think I deserve it. You don't have a bong, so I did have one, <coughs> but I break everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, like, I think I need a new one. <laughs> well, see, I was gonna say that I'll give you one of mine, but now I don't want you breaking my shit. So I... Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be yours if you gave it to me. That's how that works. Damn, you got me. <laughs> okay, well, okay. If you actually come over and hang out with me, then I'll give you one of my old bars. Girl, I, I, and I love that narrative. Like, like you be inviting me over. You know, good and damn well, I will show up and annoy you. Bambolina Banks, you know I'd be like, what you doing? Come hang out with me. She don't be wanting to come over here to the west side. Because I is. be busy, but you know... <laughs> 
<laughs> she'd be too busy in the fucking Tesla to like come in hang out Tesla. with her poor broke friend. Look, look, just because I got flewed out to Kankakee, Illinois. <laughs> Not Kankakee. Um, oh my God. I have fucked so many guys from Kankakee. Why have you fucked so many guys from Kankakee? <laughs> because I've lived a life and we're in Chicago, okay? <laughs> I know a lot of people from Kankakee. That's crazy, girl. I just met Kankakee for the first time. And, you know, she was kind of sickening. Ain't um, nothing going on there. But, I mean, no, you, you was driving a Tesla. Driving, yes. Period. <laughs> Bestie and a testy. They got Teslas out there. So, that's all that really matters, you know? Oh, girl. I want to I wanna drop some shit, but I can't. I guess I better keep my mouth shut. Ooh, but she want to spill the tea, y'all. Maybe you'll get some. Let me just say, let me just say some good things is happening. Some period i you know some good things are happening to me too yep. um but season can, 14 drag I race can. here we go you know what we didn't even really talk about season 13 let's hear let's let's end the show with a little a little Rue cap. Y'all want to a little song. A little, you know, a little rue cap. I mean, to be honest, I like, I don't even know what to say because it's like, you know, these past episodes, it really hasn't been like much to like go off of. I really like that, you know, it's crazy. The girls are being tortured because they think that they're going home every week and they keep like keeping everybody. Yeah. But also on the upside of that, we really do get to learn who the, <laughs> who the girls are. That is true. That For is very true. For these past two episodes, like you get like a free pass twice to like show who you are as a performer and like just as a person. Like that's kind of cute. Like I know it's stressful, but that's cute. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be stressful for the next group if they do it again. <coughs> sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, that's just like so much. I can't wait. That's for, so much uh, to put this girl through. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Attack, attack of the leotards on season 14 bitch when they not attack of in, the leotards when every girl walks in with her good old dance wear by dynasty moment <laughs> <laughs> yes! oh my god can you imagine it's gonna be me you and miss toto walking in there girl just kidding i ain't apply no. it's gonna be toto and bambi walking in there Girl, no, don't nobody want that. (laughs) (laughs) I do, I do. Oh my god, I would. The workroom would explode. (laughs) I know it would be so good. It would be like it would give very much um, Roxy Andrews detox energy in Untucked. (laughs) I was gonna say, I was like, it'd be like around like season five of like what it'd be like dynamic and fucking great. We, I mean, our our Kiki in that in that room would be hella fun. It would be hella fun. Child, I'm just trying to uh, kiki my pockets right now. You know what I'm trying to have? <laughs> That's the only kiki I'm trying to have. So if anybody has a check, let me know. <laughs> you, you ain't never fucking lying. I'm like, that's what we can kiki about right now, about who's paying me, honey. Because, um, look, I done done too much work for this. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Child, so well, I guess this is the uh Oh wait, 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 wait. Before we go anywhere, can you please mention the festival that uh the Chicago 
Oh, we'll be having my fucking God. Thank you so much for remembering that Bambi. So us at the uh, Chicago Black Drag Council are launching our first ever festival. And because we can't uh, ever do shit small, we decided to do a three day weekend of all black entertainers um, and DJs and fucking musicians um, over our Valentine's Day weekend. Yes, come on, Chicago Black Drag Council. It's called the uh, Black. <laughs> it's called the Black Valentine Cabaret, and uh, like I said, we have three days of programming for you, and that's three days of different programming. There's going to be different shows hosted by different Black people with different Black people from all across the world performing for you. Um, I'll be co-hosting with Ari Gato, and we'll be hosting the show, The Black Parade. So that's all etern- alternative Black drag I'm so fucking excited about. Um, there's also an all- uh burlesque show there is an all drag king show it's about to fucking pop off so the way you can actually uh help us and support that is making sure to check out that gofundme because we are trying to pay every single person that is a part of this event so we want to pay them not just tip them but pay them on top of the tip you know we want to pay them on top of those tips we want to set a precedent for how this shit can be done and we want to First of all, take care of these 100 people that are working this fucking show with us, but also get ready to show the world how we can actually fucking sustainably take care of each other and make sure fucking artists are being paid. So, yes, please support this GoFundMe. Drop all the money you can. We got Miss Toto on the fundraiser, so she knows you know you already know she about to shake y'all fucking pockets. You know how Miss You know how Miss Toto get bitch. She she about to shake them fucking pockets. So you might as well just beat her to the chase and already get in there and donate. You can feel like you know not not feel like you actually have done your your good thing for the day. You know as you should be, as you should be. So yeah, head on over and take care of that. I'm high now. This train is great. I'm very high also. I'm really excited about that show though. Me and the hotties, me and Miss Toto are hosting a Victoria Monet visual album moment. And I don't know. She's I, I guess it's just because like we recently picked it, but she really has been on my mind. That woman is amazing. That I'm is. getting off topic. We can we can close this though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is amazing. No, honestly, she's amazing. And that's another one of the shows that I'm super fucking excited for that's happening this weekend. Oh, not this weekend, Valentine's weekend. So in a month from now. Bitch, I'm so high. <laughs> oh, it feels good to be back, Bambily Banks. Yes, back in the saddle. All right, well, let's go ahead and fucking sign off so we can just, like, go be high and not be uh, recording each other while happening. Um, my name is Lucy Stool. I am one half of your host for the Black Tea. <laughs> and I'm Bambi Banks Kool-Aid. I don't, I don't know what's so funny, but thanks for having me on your podcast every week, Lucy. You are so welcome, baby. We will be back with another episode next week. I love y'all so much. See you later, See you later, Sipper. Sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter. Feels cool, but it's hotter than a fever. Kick back with two of your favorite divas. Let's talk, let's talk. Come on. Start it, give it something you can feel, yeah. No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah. Pour it and pull up, see, yeah, yeah. It's high time for high tea with your favorite baddies of Bambi.
Hey, y'all. The Black Tea is a volunteer podcast. If you would like to donate to our production staff and our fucking gorgeous hosts, our cash app is dollar sign the Black Tea. That's dollar sign T-H-E-B-L-A-Q-U-E-T-E-A. If you include your Instagram handle with your donation description, you will receive a shout out with our weekly donors. Thank you so much, Sippers. Stay black.